Adjust the main volume control to an appropriate listening level. What is appropriate depends on your personal taste as well as your neighbor's hearing and tolerance. Now I'm going to have my Casio keyboard play a funky beat using its auto rhythm section. Hit different keys at random and I think you'll be very surprised with the sounds that you come up with. Welcome to the Eurowise, episode number 37 for the week of February 4th, 2019. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike Lacombe. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a couple of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be talking about Australia Decides, including a chat with Dale and Mike from the Aussie Vision podcast. How's it going, Mike? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. I am super excited about this chat. Yeah. I mean, it's really exciting that Australia is doing a national selection, and it's going to be great to talk to people who are actually in Australia. Yeah, who are actually like, Australian. And... Yeah, and know of the people that we are going to be discussing. Right. I mean, if nothing else, just some additional context to who are these people? Are these actual knowns? Are these unknowns? What's going on? Before we get into that, we should probably just kind of check in with the news. Yes, because as always, so much of it has happened. Uh, so much of it has happened that last week we forgot to mention that the former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia, soon to be North Macedonia, uh, selected their artist. It's Tamara Tedevska, who actually has like a fairly decent Eurovision pedigree, it turns out. In the 2008 competition, uh, her entry, Let Me Love You, finished 10th in the semifinal, which you would think, wait a minute, I don't remember that from the final. And you would be correct, because that was the year that like the judges got to pick the 10th entry that went through, which kind of seems a bit shady to me. Mm-hmm. Because the <laughs> televote was like, gave you the first and ninth, and then the jury gave the 10th spot to Sweden, who finished 12th. And if you look at like the other semifinal, uh, they definitely gave it to the tenth place position there. So I'm not I'm not sure what's going on there. That was really sketchy when I was looking back on that information. It's like, oh, how did that not advance? FYR, Macedonia and Bulgaria got skipped over for Sweden. So it's just like, mm, mm, yeah, yeah. Anyways, in addition to having previously competed, her sister is Tihana from uh, the 2014 Eurovision Song Competition, and she was a backup singer on "To the Sky," which I remember liking that one. I felt like it probably didn't have a chance of getting through, and I was correct, but I liked it. Hopefully things work out better this yeah. time, or at least if she gets 10th place in the semifinal, that, that <laughs> actually translates. Actually allowed yeah. to show up in the final. <laughs> Elsewhere, Finland has announced their artists for uh, this year's UMK. They are doing what they did last year, and they are picking the artist internally, having them release three songs and perform them live, and then sort of leaving that up to the audience. And it's Darude, you know, from, from Sandstorm which, as it turns out, is 20 years old. Wait, it is that Darude. Yeah, okay. it is that Darude. Yes, it is that Darude. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you did read that correctly. Uh, and again, Sandstorm is almost a legal drinking age in America. Wow. Like, like Sandstorm is probably already drinking. <laughs> I'm already drinking, realizing this. Wow. Oh, yes. Time, that is time crazy. Continues, yeah, time continues to pass uh, on one hand. Sandstorm is definitely some form of banger. But also, it's a like I can't imagine like what Darude is doing right now, like Tropical House. 
Yeah, well, did Sandstorm have any lyrics or I mean it, it typically has the the crowd chanting along with like that main melody line. Okay, cuz like, yeah, I mean cause... The, well that that's the part that's curious cuz I mean like Darude is a DJ, so yeah. but Eurovision requires at least a lyric in the yeah. song. So well, yeah, and it, it seems oh. like uh, Finland is doing what Poland did last year and what Norway did a couple years ago. And Norway did it much more successfully than Poland did. Uh, but where they have just sort of a a DJ or kind of electro artist that generally does instrumentals paired with a vocalist, sort of on top mm. of that. Finland this time around is going with Sebastian Reigman, who is a singer and actor and stars on a medical drama called Psych. From what our research can pull, it does not appear to involve a, a fake psychic who really likes pineapple. This should be an interesting process. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it worked. Not... It worked out for Finland, uh, having changed up how they were making their selections since they were in a bit of a rut, and they they made it to the final last year. They did so. make it to the final last year. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how this goes because like last year we got three songs that were that were interesting. They were all kind of in the same vein, and I think that's probably going to be the case with Darude. Mm-hmm. The first of those drops on Friday, and they will be doing sort of like a slow weekly rollout like they did last year, and with a, a final vote coming once all three have had a little bit of time to sink in. The Finnish final is happening on Saturday, March 2nd. Only three weeks away, yeah. So, ooh. All yeah. right. Yep. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I am cautiously optimistic here just because again Darude Sandstorm 20 years I assume they picked him for a reason I will continue to hold my breath until we hear the first song the other major artist announcement that happened about the same time as Finland was Austria and Austria has announced that Panda will be representing them Uh, Panda is a female singer slash songwriter slash producer uh, who it sounds like does electropop and has a, a decent musical pedigree, having studied at the Vienna Music Institute. I read the bio and I was I was intrigued. It very much sounds like my sort of music, so I'm excited to hear whatever her song sounds like. Austria's really had their head in the game the last few years, so I'm kind of excited about this choice. Her song is called Limits, and I mean, that's the only clue that we have so far as to what the song is going to be like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so really we have no information. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, cool, we picked this artist and they've picked a very solid, like, electropop song title. Just from, like, a couple of the sound bites from her, it sounds like she has a really good sense of humor. Uh, like, her name, Panda, comes from the fact that she woke up one morning looked in the mirror it's like i kind of look like a panda so (laughs) that's that's the origin of the name i'm excited for this one the fact that she's very very involved in her music process made me think of netta from last Mm. year just because netta was very much involved in sort of building up her sound element by element i'm wondering i'm wondering if this is gonna be the first entrant that we see that really seems to be kind of playing in that same vibe speaking of netta she dropped her follow-up single to toy last week her new song is called Basa Sababa. The video dropped Friday night US time at midnight, which I mentioned because it was based on U.S. time rather than Israel time or Central European time. So I think Netta is really looking toward setting up base in the in the U.S. Watching the video the first time, I was like, okay, like the, the washed out pink was just really kind of an interesting color choice. Like there are a lot of interesting choices going on. There are a lot of visual ideas going on. And I just found all of it, plus the song, a little overwhelming for me. I totally get that. But 
listening to the song without the video, I may have had it on loop for a little while over this weekend. <laughs> like it, it's really growing on me. But on a scale of one to Sandstorm, how many triangles would you give this song? <laughs> oh man, that one's tough for me. Like I, I don't know. Like as my description of this in like the barest definition of a song, like it hasn't quite grown on me the way that it's grown on you. Mm-hmm. It feels very true to kind of what Netta wants to do with her music, and I I respect that a lot, even if this is not entirely my flavor of pop. I totally get that reservation. Like it is a very specific sound, and I think it's something that DJs and other remix artists are going to have a lot of fun with. Like just some of the beats and some of the sound effects in there are. Like, really going to lend themselves to loops. Yeah, yeah like the, re- the remix potential for this is very high. And I'm kind, and normally I'm not a fan of remixes, mm-hmm. but I'm very curious to hear what sort of experiments come out of this out, out of this track. I, I totally hear that. And, like, in what is becoming sort of a hilarious thing that I feel like we say every week at this point, like, it has good bones. Eurovision 2019, yeah. it had yeah. good bones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, Bulgaria, you did make an impact last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. We just have to love Beyond the Bones. We have to love Beyond these songs. the Good Bones. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that song is available now. It's streaming on Spotify. Uh, be sure to check that out. Given that Australia is doing a public selection for the first time, it made sense to bring in some experts on Australian Eurovision stuff. And who better but the, the guys from Aussie Vision, Dale and Mike. So here is our chat with them. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, thank you. Good day. Welcome to the Euro What. So happy that you you are able to join us for this conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're really excited to have some Australian experts uh, help us out in talking about <laughs> Australia's national final. Oh, thank you very much for for having us on. Uh, we'll we're not really experts, but we'll we'll give it a crack anyway. <laughs> You're more expert than us. Like we we, we don't have a stake yes. in the game. So. <laughs> I guess my first question is, what's the vibe over in Australia about the national selection and Eurovision in general? Yeah, look, I think, I mean, we, we started watching the, well, not personally, because I was very young, but Australia's been watching the contest since 1983. So that is a really long time. We've been very dedicated watchers of it. Obviously, we got to start taking part in 2015. And now it's kind of that next step to actually have a national final for Australian public to have a say in it. I think people are generally really quite excited uh, about having a national final. You've probably got a bit of a difference here where you've got the super fans like us who are really engaged with going to the event, watching every song, and then you kind of got the public who will watch it on the night who will probably only sort of probably pay attention the, the days leading up to it and watch it on the night. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With the previous selections, since they've all been internal selections uh, the last four years, have people been generally in favor of the acts that are selected or have any of the selections been sort of like oh okay sure (laughs) generally because of the level of act that the delegation's been picking they have been quite names here in australia probably with one exception being 2017 with isaiah who was still quite a young young guy but the same token he was sent with we think a fairly good song so all the selections have been decent songs, so I don't think there's been too much backlash about uh, mm. the, the pick being taken out of our hands, but uh, I think it's time that people had their say. Like It seems like there are a lot of reality show alumni who have been participants and are participating in this year's process, and is there a sort of hierarchy with the 
various reality competitions. But yeah, like in the States, like we had Idol for a while that was sort of top of the heap. Although now that's probably The Voice. Mm. That's kind of the strongest one here. We had The X Factor for like a season and a half and it just didn't hmm. take. Uh, America's Got Talent has just been on for so many seasons. <laughs> Yes, we have talent, but it always seems to be like a singer or a ventriloquist or a ventriloquist singer. Yeah, dog juggler, something. We have the same thing here. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Look, I think for us, it's a little bit similar where it used to be Idol was really the big thing. And that's where like Guy Sebastian came from and Jessica Malboy. But that kind of finished up in the sort of mid to late 2000s. It did, yes. Then X Factor came in for us. And that was probably the biggest one from, I think, about 2010 to 2016. But then it sort of died after that. But it did give us some, you know, Dami, Im, and Samantha and Jade, who are names, and they actually got careers out of it. Mm-hmm. So the voice is actually the biggest one here. It definitely rates the most out of pretty much all the TV shows here. However, oddly, the winners never seem to get a career. No. Uh, so they don't even get a winner's single half the time. So it's very odd that a lot of people watch it, but then they disappear. Yeah, so the kind of the reality shows have kind of really died off in actually making someone's career. Um, Iggy Azalea was a judge on it in 2016. That's when it actually just completely flopped <laughs> after exactly. that. Because, I mean, they we dig it in the barrel there. They shut down X-Factor after Iggy oh, Azalea yeah. was a judge. <laughs> Oh, Iggy Azalea. That was a, that was a moment. <laughs> but yeah, there definitely is a hierarchy and the voices at the top of the tree here. Yep. That's really interesting because it's the same thing here in the States with The Voice where it's probably one of the more talked about shows on TV. But mm. then I don't think I can name two winners of the mm. show. And it's, and it's in like its 15th or 16th season here. Yeah. So It is still on. They have introduced new gimmicks and various rotating judges. And again, I can't name a winner. Yeah, we're pretty much the same. Sounds the same, honest. yeah. Huh. Yeah. I guess if the formula works, I don't know. <laughs> hey, they're getting the ratings, I guess. Oh, so, it's, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's cheap to produce. It's quick to produce. Exactly. Yeah. Fills up air and time. we did get Anya Nielsen out of it from Denmark, Eurovision. So, mm. yeah, yes. it wasn't yeah, a complete sure. waste of time. <laughs> Yeah, so there are 10 acts that are going to be competing in Australia Decide. So shall we get into discussing the various entries? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. We can change, then not take the blame for the dust that I sweep So the first item on our list is... Uh, Oh, you're going to have to help me with some of the pronunciations of these names. <laughs> Aiden Calafiori. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> His song, Dust, uh, speaking of the voice, he was a finalist in the 2018 season. And anybody have any strong thoughts about this entry? <laughs> or not strong thoughts? I don't, uh... <laughs> well, to be honest, I mean, he's got, he's probably the most youngest sort of relevant uh, type act. So as far as televote appeal goes, yeah. this guy's probably going to get quite a few votes. He's got quite a few fans out there. To be honest, I think we were expecting something a little more up-tempo from him. Mm. So to get a sort of modern ballad type of thing, which is very radio-friendly, but it was just a little bit uh, a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, it's, it, to me it sounds like quite a nice Spotify contemporary radio song rather than a Eurovision song and I'd say he's probably going on this for a bit of exposure rather than actually truly going to make Eurovision but hey that's part of the national final process and if that's going to get mm-hmm. us some names and that that's that's fine yeah that makes sense Ben, ben did you yeah. have thoughts uh, thoughts about this entry my notes for this one were also this feels like something that would pop up in a Spotify <laughs> playlist it kind of was like middle of the pack for me just compared to some of the other entries that felt a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more Eurovisiony 
Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to grab the phone to to actually vote for this unless you're already a fan of him. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, for me, it does feel very contemporary, but just kind of in a disposable sort of way. Mm. Like there, there's nothing that was jumping out about this being particularly special. And it kind of reminded me of Croatia's entry last year in terms of pacing and a little bit in the style. Yeah. And it's fine, but not not necessarily memorable. I think that's exactly the category we're putting in it. It's fine. Mm. It's a nice, solid national final song. We're not expecting to see him get really towards the top of the leaderboard, though. The next one on the list is uh, Courtney Axe, Fight for Love. <laughs> well, look, uh, look. We are so chuffed to have Corny actually as part of the process. She gave it a huge amount of PR appeal, and people really took notice of that. The first time I sort of saw it from regular, just fans of like the once a year Eurovision fans, really talking about Australia Decides. So she did that job. I quite like the song. I think it's upbeat. It's fun. It's very, um, you know, RuPaul Drag Race releasing a song from a contestant type of song. I'm worried about the vocals. Um, she does go really quite mm-hmm. high in some places. And I think she's mm-hmm. a, a good singer without being an amazing singer. Uh, so I am a mm-hmm. little worried about the vocal um, on the night. Yeah, that totally jives with what I had down for this one, too, is that she definitely has kind of global appeal. Like, as you mentioned, she was on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. She won Celebrity Big Brother UK, so she's known. Mm. She's a known quantity, like, beyond just Australia, beyond just uh, Europe. And, like, this is the song that I think I'm most excited at the potential staging of, having just listened to these just sort of blind. But I'm also worried about, like, some of the some of the high mm. notes. And it also just sort of abruptly stops at about three minutes. Like, I, I was waiting for, like, one more reprise of the chorus. Okay. This really kind of feels like last year's entry, or, like, a re- more refined version, or, I don't know, the sequel. And I, I totally agree about the vocals, too. Like, it, it, it sounds like there's a little bit of a struggle happening on the studio track, and I'm really concerned of what that's going to sound like live. But if she's wearing any of the outfits that she wore from RuPaul's Drag Race... <laughs> I'm willing to forgive a lot. So <laughs> there were some amazing looks that season. Absolutely. <laughs> so. I had the same thought about the studio vocal sounding the way it did. On the other hand, if like that's a studio vocal, if that is like the best version of that, and that's sort of what can be, if you can get to that level on stage, like I think I'm fine with that. Like it's serviceable. It it works. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. She's not going to be bringing the Dami power vocals, but <laughs> she should be able to bring a performance, some color, some catness, and and it's a variety show we want to give viewers in. So, yeah, and I think look, I mean, I would love to see. I think she's going to bring some epic staging for I sure. So I mean, you know, remember those mm. wings from RuPaul's? I mean, if there's anything like that, I am one over on staging yep. anyway. <laughs> um, but also, it's actually interesting that she's probably better known in the UK and America generally, or amongst you know some people in. America generally because she was on Australian Idol way back when very first yeah 16 years ago and she hasn't really done that much since here so it's actually it's I think it's a bit of a kind of reintroduction to the broader public in Australia again to try and maybe do a little bit more here interestingly she's doing Dancing with the Stars straight after Australia Decides which says to me again I don't know if she's really going in for the Eurovision win and is actually getting for a bit of exposure here in Australia
The next song on our list is uh, Electric Fields, 2000 and whatever. And this is what I wanted when like Australia Decides was announced as just like the eclectic nature of what Australia has to offer. But this feels like a very tough sell for Eurovision. It's interesting to hear thoughts from outside Australia because I think there's a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, we have seen some Europeans get excited on Twitter, but it is, you know, sometimes the little circle of the Eurovision fandom. Look, I personally absolutely adore this song. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It's not structurally as normal as a regular Eurovision song. It's got all sorts of elements in there. It is unashamedly queer and indigenous as well and that's what i love mm. about the fact there's indigenous language um that's really important for us but you know does that mean it's going to do anything over and actually eurovision itself who knows i think this is all going to be about the staging and the vocal on the night they really play to a audience and i'm a bit worried it could get messy in a tv sense and whether they can really smash that vocal and that overall performance from it but this is actually my favorite of the lot definitely but um okay. i do have st- right. st- still have some concerns about it Yeah, I mean, getting away from the internal selections, we wanted something risky. This is taking risks. Whether it pays off or not, it could be amazing or it could be a complete car crash. Yeah. We're not really (laughs) sure. Yeah. I, like Mike, I was like, cool, we're going to get a more diverse sort of playing field. We're going to get a feel of, like, what is going on in Australian music, at least with the Eurovision Song Contest in mind. Uh, I liked how different this was. I like the vocals on this. Lyrically, it felt like a little bit too online, for lack of a better <laughs> term. This was another Spotify playlist filler one for me. Oh, really? That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. So often when I do check in on like what when Spotify has made me a playlist, it will, it will there will have, be like three to five of these groups. Where it's like I've never heard of them, and they have this one song. Mm. Like you guys mentioned, I like that there was indigenous language used, but I have no clue like how that's going to play. In, in this larger field. Yeah, no, I agree. And also the use of the Indigenous language and Indigenous uh, element to it isn't in a cheesy way. It's done authentically to the song. Yeah, and it's not it's not mm-hmm. a huge amount at least. I mean, you can barely pick it up at, at times unless you're really probably paying attention to that lyric video. Right. You know, other than, you know, there's some words in there like knucking, knucking you directly and stuff like that. I mean, I like it, but it could pass you by without realising. There's some nonsensical lyrics too, which is almost, you know, millennial month. I do not know what that yeah. means. It feels like I'm watching a Moldovan song or something. <laughs> I was thinking Georgia. Oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like I could totally see like if, if if this doesn't work out and they just send it to whoever's going to win Georgia Idol, that winner's going to be in for a surprise. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it would work. And like I, I do really enjoy the experimental quality of it, but it's it's definitely a high risk, high reward situation yeah. i think it's it's a bit of what we would sort of say is a marmite song i mean we could say vegemite but you're either gonna love it or you're yeah. gonna hate it um <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it, and mm-hmm. and rather than when we've got like the we got love or even a more generic song and we'll get to shepherd soon is that you know everyone could like it but doesn't mean they're gonna love it and pick up that phone and, and we're so desperate for televotes in australia <laughs> that anything a little bit different mm-hmm. we get excited about <laughs> Just moving on, we have Kate Miller Heidke's uh, Zero Gravity. Speaking of risky again, um, (laughs) this is not kind of what we were expecting. We were expecting something a little probably indie, and it has got elements of that. um, But then you have that massive build in the song, and it goes operatic and... It's a little WTF at times. 
But that's that, that's also a Eurovision trade, isn't it? I yeah. mean, you want to stand out from the crowd, uh, and again, risks are being taken. So I applaud her. Let's hope it's all comes across live. Well, yeah, she is a classically trained singer, artist, so yeah. so she she should be able to sing it at least. I think we had different sort of reactions to this. I I sort of loved the build up, and then I heard opera, and I was like, oh no! And I normally love opera, but I was like, oh come on, we saw a bit of that last year. Is is it going to look that original? Considering that happened, it's very different, obviously, to Estonia last year. But still, that is going to be people's minds. It's like, oh, didn't we just do female opera last year, and you're doing it again? But uh, look, it's such an unusual song that you know I'm still a big fan of it. But I didn't love it at first. But some people did. Again, a little bit of that kind of you know split isn't always a bad thing. I was kind of lukewarm about it the first time that I listened to it, but it's been growing on me the more that I listen to it. And I think this one, it's probably going to all come down to the staging. Like if she's just standing behind a microphone in like a fancy gown, that's not going to work at all. Like it's going to require either some very interesting choreography from some backing dancers or some sort of visual presentation that is not a dress. (laughs) (laughs) I think this could work. And I think this one might be one of my top three from the field, just in in terms of how interesting, the potential for how interesting it could be. Ben, it sounds like you were going to disagree. Uh (laughs) Yes, I was going to strongly disagree because it's like, oh no, oh no, Mike likes this one. Oh no, this one is growing in you. This one is not growing on me like i on one hand like i'm i'm a big fan of indie music and like just the operatic vocals here do not work for me at all like i i just i'm running out of words (laughs) i just strongly dislike (laughs) fair enough it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea i totally agree with you as far as performance goes this could be stunning if it's staged right it could be dead boring if it's not i'd like to see a raise swung off the roof do something you know Mm. because Get as wacky as the song is, if you ask me. Yes. Yeah, with Zero Gravity, I want somebody on a list. Yes, we want her up in the air. <laughs> Definitely. That would be amazing. It's also, she's, uh, to, to note, she's seen as a very authentic artist in Australia as well. Very well known in the music community. She um, also does a lot of musical theatre. She's written a lot of the music for The Mural's Wedding theatre show as well. So I would expect the juries to reward her, even if they don't necessarily think it is the best. Mm. You, you're not going to give Kate Miller-Heike a low score in Australia. She's just got a very good reputation. So she will get some jury love. It's just going to be how the Australian public respond to this. And generally, Australians at Eurovision love bangers. Uh, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that actually is the case for when we're actually choosing our entry rather than voting for Europe. That makes a lot of sense. So j- just to kind of check in on the format is is it 50 percent jury 50 percent televote or is, is it a different format it, than that yep it is 50 percent jury 50 percent televote they're doing the jury show on the friday night like like okay. eurovision does how the points are being distributed we aren't across that yet um so we don't know if they're going to do um like a percentage of a vote like a destination eurovision for example or a 12 10 mm-hmm. i imagine it's going to be very similar to that percentage televote aka melfest they are seen as we look up to them about what we're trying to achieve here. So I imagine that's kind of the route they're going to go down. But it is a domestic uh, jury, so we're not using international juries. The next song on the list is Leah Nanos with Set Me Free. Um, like, it's a song. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, ooh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't go first. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm just sitting here thinking, oh, this is an interesting reversal of, yeah. last, of, of the last entry because I really like this one. It it feels modern, but it feels like it is definitely of its time. Like it's definitely 2017, 2018. I don't get a sense of timelessness about this. Like I like five years from now, listening to this song, I could just be like, oh yeah, this song is five years old. Yeah, that that's kind of my takeaway from it. Like I like it now. I'm not sure I'm going to like it six months from now. Okay, I like that qualification. But yeah, I really like this song, although I also noted that I'm not sure that I fully see it as, as a Eurovision song or a Eurovision entry. It's just a song that I like. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, to be honest, we're sort of nodding in agreement here. She's a, she's a very uh, sort of inexperienced performer. We, no one's really heard of her before. She sort of got this wild card ticket. Apparently, she shopped the song around for somebody else to perform it and didn't get any takers. I don't know what you can take from that. Huh. But you're right, it is that electro pop. It's got, I think, personally, it's got a few strongish elements, but unfortunately, it tends to run out of steam for me. And, and when you get to that final minute, it is quite repetitive and to be honest you're like oh when's this gonna finish yeah i mean i i I like the song as well i think again echoing a lot there like a really good right now again i'd hate to say the 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 horrible word of spotify again but it it kind of is that and i really really enjoy the song and actually probably would be quite high for me but i have immediate concerns about the inexperience of the artist i think it's great that she's getting a platform and that's part of what having a national final is about she's 16 years old get up there go and sing but it might be be quite <laughs> it might be a lot that's a lot to throw someone at one of the biggest things that we're going to do this year on tv um you know i'm i don't think she's going to soar from that but it could be a good launch pad i just hope she gets through it okay and it's not a mess <laughs> i really she's a really sweet girl and i'm just a bit concerned for her <laughs> but it's i like the song So next on the the list is Shepard, which has a super big U.S. rock presence, apparently. Like, I was shocked at this. They were, like, number 53 on the Hot 100, 25 adult contemporary, number 10 on the adult top 40. So, like, they're, they're like, kind of, like, modern rock radio, which would explain why I've, I have not heard of their song Geronimo. <laughs> their song On My Way is what they, are, is what they have uh, sent for this. Yeah, look, I think it's very them. Uh, Shepard are a pretty big name for us in Australia, probably the biggest name in the contest. They've got a good following over in Europe. They've just been touring there, which is also good. Yeah, we did know that they sort of broke it in America around Geronimo. You know, not many Australian acts do, so we always know when that happens. They get very excited by it. I think this this is good without being great. This is safe to me. Uh, I, I think it's a nice upbeat pop song. They're going to have to really be very clean in the way they perform because it's a group and they can sometimes be quite messy in their live performances. So they're going to have to really rein that in and just really nail it. I don't think the song needs to speak for itself because of the way that they are. He's not going to do some big massive vocal at the end it's all about the song and it's all about making sure they just don't make it too messy i'd be okay if this went but i won't be super excited that's interesting to hear about the possible messiness of a live performance because i i like this as an entry just because it is a band versus a solo singer which would be very different for australia descent to eurovision and I think what makes this song a stronger entry than some of the other possibilities is that 
I think it would be immune to where it's placed in the running order. Like, I, I feel like it's a song that could be placed anywhere in the running order and stand out. Whereas some of these other songs, like, if they're too early in the running order, they could just get lost in the field and, like, not have to need to be at the end of the running order since Australia is in the second half of the semifinal. Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Mm. From my end, like, I re- this was, like, one of my top three, I think. Like, I really, really love the harmonies on this. I think even if their their performance was a little bit shaggier, like, I think this would this would still come through still have like the personality it has and like you might i like the idea of there being a group just because again australia has sort of sent solax it would be a nice change of pace yeah that's true actually i mean it does concern me that groups generally don't do that well at eurovision <laughs> so there's true. my competitiveness coming that's through true. going we really want a good result but they're, they're a safe pair of hands but again it's whether we want to be safe yeah and i think i think the general australian People will vote for this. Mm. This is very uh, familiar to what they hear. It's very true to their sound. So I think they've got a lot of things going for them. I would be very surprised if they didn't come top two. Yeah, but they're the front runner at the moment for sure. The sun will come on. All right. So the next one that we'll talk about is Mark Vincent with This Is Not The End. He is an Australia's Got Talent alum, which kind of makes sense when you hear the song. (laughs) Um, Who, who would like to go first on this one? Uh. <laughs> okay, maybe I can go on this one. So, look, Mark is one of those people. He did win, and it was back to almost 10 years ago. And to be honest, you know, I was really shocked when I looked at him. He's had five top 10 albums here. To be honest, they're your Mother's Day Christmas kind of bin albums. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but um, I was really surprised he was at, uh, at the forefront. Yeah, look, to be honest, I think this is your, your Eurovision ballad, and he turns it sort of, you know, he is a tenor. So he does turn it sort of operatic at times. Just or, a little bit. A little. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, this, I this isn't going to appeal to a younger audience, but surprisingly, I think it's going to do okay. I think this is, people do love a good singer and he's going to be able to sing the song. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does well with the telly. Yeah, look, I, I mean, there's one thing we've been burned by the last couple of years in Australia is not a great vocal on the night. Yes. Um, and we mm. are all really kind of conscious of that. And I think if, if there's a few that fall down, look, I don't think he's going to win it, but he could be the sneaky top three in the telly vote, whether or not the juries will put him up there. But I can see the mums and dads and the grannies on the night voting for him, but I can't see the kind of 18 to 60 year olds are probably voting for him but you know what he'll put in a good vocal and we can definitely say that about him yes <laughs> in my notes when i was listening through all of these like i had initially written this screams america's got talent winner and then i did, did the googling to confirm that australia's got talent was a thing and quickly edited that to the screams australia's got talent winner <laughs> and you are completely right this is like the the susan boyle sings the songs of cole porter album that you buy your mom for mother's day because it's on sale this song just feels so done as like a Eurovision thing. And there are so many of them in the world already. Yeah. Like the only note that I have about this one is sounds like Azerbaijan 2010 onward. <laughs> and, uh, it just feels so dreary to me. Like there, there's just nothing joyful about it. And compared to all of the other entries in the field, it's just like, ugh. I personally would not pick this one, even, even if it's sung perfectly. Just to add on to that. So 
this is solid lyrically. This is solid performance. Like this ended up at the bottom of my list mm. just because I'm just like, this is, this is so done. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's appealing to us. Yeah, yeah, we, no. we tend to agree. We do <laughs> tend to agree. Can we go where the skies are clearer? Only us. Oh, oh. super So next we have Ella Hooper and Data Dust. Yeah, this is an interesting one because Ella, she was part of uh, a band who were massive in the kind of late 90s, early 2000s, the height of my youth. And like she was huge and she's really um, authentic and well-known in the music industry again. The song itself, I just don't see it matching her. She's this like rock kind of chick and then you've got this kind of song about cybersecurity and it just feels so weird. But saying that... I I, I look. Yeah, I, I wrote down. This is a very kicky jingle for the GDPR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I wrote down the same thing. Oh, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> Twins. Look, it's important. Oh, oh yeah. No, we've been through a whole process at my job. Like, I know exactly how important this stuff is. But also, this is no, yeah. no, no. Thank you. I dislike these painfully online lyrics. Yeah. Have you seen her lyric video? I think it was done for about $100, like, if that. It was just sort of done on the street with a handicam. I totally get all of these criticisms. It kind of feels like the Social Network song 2019, <laughs> and I'm kind of here for that. <laughs> but I fully accept that that is my own thing, so I'm not going to be disappointed uh, if and when this does not make to the top three or top ten. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, it's... I enjoy it, and that, that's all I need. It can, it can be in my Spotify. I will I will be happy with oh, that. So, <laughs> Okay, fair enough. I've got to say, it's got that retro uh, sort of 80s rock pop Aussie feel. I think some mm-hmm. people here in Australia might get it. I'm very worried that people overseas won't. This yeah. is, and this, to me, this is kind of the weakest one for me, I'm afraid. Oh, the whole I, thing. I don't okay. think it's that bad. And I've actually been really surprised. There's quite a few people really dig the song, um, which I find strange but hey even like the young folk um there's a whole <laughs> bunch of young fans in uh, sort of the australian fan community and they really like it but um who knows but it's definitely not gonna win i want no. <laughs> yeah just all the teens today talking about the gdpr could i do this to myself it was wrong i can't blame nobody the next one on the list is Alfie Arcuri with a song To Myself, and he's another voice alum. Oh, he actually won The Voice in 2016. And another one that won The Voice and really didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. We, okay. we really haven't seen much of him at all, but we were actually not surprised he showed up here. We thought this might be his kind of, uh, his kind of gig. Yeah, he's spoken about wanting to form at Eurovision before. He's got a good voice. Um, you know, he won the voice, obviously. His song, I think, charted in the 80s afterwards. He's done a lot of songs really targeted towards the LGBT community. He's done a ver- another, mm-hmm. another one before about coming out of the closet. He did a song for the whole Yes Vote marriage equality here last year. And this song, again, is autobiographical, again, about coming out of the closet. So there's a theme with Alfie, and I think it'll work with some people. But um, look, the song itself is not bad. I think he could elevate it on the night. But it is very mid-range, kind of forgettable. So he's going to have 
to do the vocal of a lifetime, the staging of a lifetime to elevate it anywhere near the top. Yeah. I think it's screaming sort of midfield for me, but a good, a good midfield. I like the production. It's almost got a sort of Scandinavian sort of vibe to it. Mm. Okay, yeah, and like this is this one kind of fell middle of the field for me too, but it was sort of like the the top of that particular crop of sort of the the mid tempo ballad uh, range that's sort of happening in the the across the field. But yeah, I, I agree that like it really needs like a strong vocal and a strong staging to to kind of stick out and kind of elevate itself. Yeah, for me, this just feels like it's the same thing that Australia has been sending and that this would be the safest entry for Australia to send. And it just kind of defeats the whole purpose of having this process <laughs> where it's just like, try to send something different, send something new instead of a solo singer with a very strong ballad that's going to depend on the vocals to really sell it. And I want something new. Yeah, we, we definitely agree. We definitely where we were nodding our heads completely. Then that's exactly right. This would be the safe Australia send, and really that's what we're trying to get away from. We figure. Yeah, and this would this would really be uh, probably an NQ if this went. Um, I probably mm-hmm. would be disappointed if this went. And that's nothing against Alfie. Yeah, we like Alfie. He's a good bloke, but yeah, not this song. Okay, and that just leaves Tanya Doko and Peace of Me, which will be available in full on February 4th, and we are recording this on the the 1st. Uh, But there's like a 30-second teaser. So uh, what are everyone's thoughts on the 30 seconds we've heard of this song so far? Okay, oh, look, to be honest, it's it's a sort of, again, mid-tempo pop song. Um, Pretty standard fare for me. I didn't think nothing got my pulse racing. Yeah. Snippet, unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's pleasant. Yeah. Well, you know, I will be fair and say, look, yes, we've only had that 30, 40 seconds, so maybe it goes somewhere. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't think so, though. So it's not, it's probably not enough. Uh, we, we know it's not enough to judge, but from what we've heard, yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not going for the crown. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, my note for it is it feels like it's a theme song to a comedy about 20-somethings trying to make it in the city. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's, if you're going to release a teaser and that's the 30 seconds you pick, then it doesn't leave me feeling it's optimistic. It's not going to get any better, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried about the other two minutes no. and seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like this This did not really draw me in and make me excited to hear the rest. It's pleasant and it's there and that's that's fine. Yeah, and also waiting until the very last minute to make it available just seems... A sort of odd strategy. Yeah. Courtney Axe song was available i want to say it was around christmas time because i feel like i was i was listening to it yeah while traveling for the holidays and only giving four days to really kind of digest the song is probably not the best move i don't know we found it an interesting strategy as far as the artist announcements and the song release dates etc for the whole thing to be honest um it seems a little scattergun approach where we we, we've been scratching our heads a little about about yeah it doesn't feel that it's been completely organized (laughs) like i mean you know they are throwing this is the first year and i think it'll be a great show but like she was one of the last artists announced the songs running late was meant to be announced on the first it's running late anyway so Mm. it just feels like it's all been a bit last minute thrown together you know the deadline's due quick let's get the assignment done and throw it in all right so that's all 10 entries and anything else that we should 
discuss about this before the big event on Saturday? Look, we're very excited that Dami Im will be performing at um, during the interval, so the halftime show as such. Uh, I think she's going to show just how good a Eurovision song could be and probably yeah. will show that the rest mm-hmm. aren't up to that standard. <laughs> no, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually interested, Jens. What, what did you think of the overall selection? You've been listening to the others around Europe, etc. What did you think of the quality of what Australia's dishing up? I think it's been a really strong year overall. Like, uh, I, I was having a conversation on Twitter with uh, somebody who was uh, listening to the playlist that we threw together of like all of the, like every national final song that we can find. And they're just like, there's so many good songs on here and I don't even know which countries they're from. And it's like, yeah, it's really surprising how strong the entries are. And even though we've been critical about a few of these entries, it's in relation to this field of 10. Like yep. if it was just the song by itself, like, they're still good songs. As long as the songs are performed well live, because that, that does make a huge difference. Uh, oh, yeah. that Yeah. yeah like, I, I, I think it's it's a strong field and it should be a good show. Yeah, and I completely agree that overall it's just been a very strong field. Mike and I have been excited about what's been coming out of Spain and France and, like, the big six. And that's very that feels very rare and very special. Mm. Yeah, oh, God, we, yeah. we agree. These 10 songs listening today through all of these like it was awesome to see such like a nice range of different styles and different takes on okay, what are we going to send this year? Yeah, I think we were really pleased about that. We really wanted that mix and I think they really delivered it. So, we didn't want a whole bunch of songs that sounded like Alfie Curry song and that's what we were probably a little bit worried about. I think there's a good diversity there. Yeah, there's some uh, opportunities for some real high points, some real risks are being taken and fingers crossed, you know, the lives come across well we think fingers crossed yeah and and just the fact that there are at least three songs that i think we talked about where it's just like there's no middle ground you're either going to love it or you're going to hate Mm. it and i don't get that sense from a lot of other national selection processes where it's like oh this one's fine or like oh i wasn't paying attention to that one like it's you have an opinion about these songs which i think is very difficult to accomplish a lot of the time so the show (laughs) is airing on sbs at 7 30 p.m australian est yes uh, on saturday february 9th which is 4 30 a.m eastern time in the u.s so uh, welcome uh, to our world yeah Uh, ben will you be waking up for this (laughs) um this feels like something that I will set an alarm and then wake up at 4.30 and forget why I set the alarm <laughs> and go back to bed, unfortunately. I will, and I will wake up at like two hours later and just be very mad at myself. Yeah. That is a tough time to do. I mean, 5, 6 o'clock, you can start to do it, but 4.30 is tough, definitely. What time is the national finals on normally over there for you guys? Like, France, when was that on? Most Eurovision stuff, it's great because it starts at about 2.30 yeah. in the afternoon, oh. and you can you you can do stuff around the apartment while it's on. You can fold your laundry to it. It's great. Oh God, no, oh, not for us. amazing. We're no. <laughs> injecting caffeine right into our veins to try and get through it. I'm so grateful for the broadcasters that get stuff up on YouTube almost instantly, it's just like, oh, thank you. Like, especially when we're getting into like the bulk of uh, selection season. It's like, oh, there are four shows on simultaneously. I only have so many screens. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, like it, yeah, it's great when when uh, like Sweden's uh, online player is really good, and they usually have the 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 episode for like a couple hours afterwards, so that you can go in and even if you couldn't get there live, you can catch up on what happened. And then if there are multiple ones on, then you have to just cut Lithuania. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> Lithuania will always be there. It, 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 it just yeah. watches over us. And... <laughs> it is always just there. Yeah. Where can folks find you online? 
Oh, they can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're Aussie Vision Net. There's a net at the end of there for everything, basically. And obviously, we have our own podcast as well. So you can listen to that um, after you listen to Eurowatt. Excellent. And and when do your episodes drop? We normally do a Sunday weekly one. That's Sunday night, Australian time. No idea when that is American time. <laughs> Probably about 4 a.m. That sounds about yeah. right. Like As long as you subscribe, it'll show up in your player. Exactly. That, that's all that matters. Exactly. So. That's exactly. That's all that matters. All right. Well, thank you again for joining Thanks, us guys. and hope that... Well, actually, yeah, I guess we should find out who do you want to have when Australia decides. I You go first, Mike. Okay. So uh, I'm going to say I want electric fields to go. Uh, and I echo, echo that. I want the risk. I want electric fields. Ben, what is your pick? I either want Shepard, I think would be a good choice. I, on the other hand, I would love to see... Courtney Act, I think, would be would be fun, would be something up-tempo, would be something exciting in the program. I'm torn between Shepard and Kate Miller-Heideke, and of course, Ella Hooper, uh, but again, that's, that's, that's just my own thing. Thanks, guys, for having us. Really appreciate it. That was so much fun. Oh, that was so enlightening. And yeah, yeah just delight, delightful guys. Definitely check out their podcast. They're doing excellent work, and I'm so glad that they were able to join us. We were able to conquer time zones to make this happen. So, <laughs> But it happened. I'm so happy it did. That big event is happening on Saturday. Let's go through what else is happening this week. Yeah, so that one kind of feels like the, the biggest of the events this weekend. Italy's San Remo Fest is happening all week. It starts on Tuesday, uh, so yesterday by the time this drops, uh, and it ends on Saturday. Il Volo is in the mix again, so uh, they could be returning to the Eurovision stage, especially because they've said, like, if they win, they're totally going to ditch their Japan tour stop. I think they may feel a little burnt about uh, 2015. I'm still a little burnt about it. (laughs) They're so delightful. I I saw them in concert uh, two years ago, I want to say, and... Yeah, it was just such a delightful show. They have just amazing stage presence, and I'm always going to be rooting for them. San Remo is a fantastic festival, so I think there's going to be a lot of strong contenders in this year's field. The United Kingdom is selecting their act on Friday. They are doing the the You Decide format again. Uh, Mel of Mel and Sue is hosting along with Manzo Merlo, which I, you know, I love Manzo Merlo, but on the other hand, I, if you're giving me Mel, I really want Sue. I, yes. I don't know about you. Like, I want the pair of them. I and in particular, I just want like I want them to riff on last year's Eurovision. I want Sue to just show up in the the Estonian dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this, this is she would look so uncomfortable. She would look, she would look very uncomfortable, <laughs> but she got it for a very good deal. Didn't even need to get the projector for it. Just a very large white dress. Yes. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, they are switching it up a little bit in ways that I don't. I can't honestly say I understand. Uh, they have written three songs this year. Uh, each of those songs is going to be performed in a battle by two different singers, theoretically doing the song in a different style. The jury is going to decide for each of those battles who has won. And then the public is going to decide amongst those three winners. This feels just like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I mean, it was the format that Germany used in 2017, or a variation on the format that Germany used in 2017, and uh, that did not work that out for Germany. Well. So, yeah. I mean, I. it's hard to get excited for the United Kingdom just in general at yeah, Eurovision. Yeah, having uh, a real rough 2019. Yeah, and uh, I... I Eurovision is not a political contest, Drink. Uh, but Brexit is not going to help things at all. Nope. Like I, I, yeah, this just seems like 
they really should have probably just done an internal selection unless they unless there's just this two hour block where it's like we need to fill it with something and we don't have any cartoons so (laughs) just do like a song for suri just pick suri again everybody loves suri she just released an album so like she's she's doing fine on her own and like doing I mean, her she, own thing she but... is but also just go, just go yeah she did well enough last year let's let's give her a chance to do it without somebody jumping on the stage give her like five songs to pick from let the public pick one of them just check off that box yeah uh well uh, anyways uh somebody's gonna win uh other selections uh montenegro is selecting on saturday they have five songs yeah i mean i'm i'm, I'm curious to like which one is going to end up winning but like not not the most exciting horse race uh that will be happening this week so and now it's time for my favorite question on the program every week mike how many people are in lithuania we have 23 people competing in lithuania and that means that there are only 23 songs remaining correct there are 24 songs still in competition so the four uh qualifying heats have completed six songs from each heat so that's four times six is 24 uh monica maria uh has two songs in the competition she was she was one of the she was the artist that uh got added in at the last minute and both of her songs advanced uh from heats three and four so uh she'll be pulling double duty I presume she's going to have one song in one and one song in the other. I don't think she has to compete against herself yet. Both of her songs are pretty good, so I wouldn't be shocked if in the final she is competing against herself. The qualifying heats are done. There's been no mention of wild cards or a bonus round or anything like that. So we should be at 24 songs. There should be just two semifinals and then just one final, and that should be on February 23rd. All of this is still in giant air quotes around the word should. The (laughs) the emphasis on the word should. There should be only two more rounds, but who knows? Look, we just found 12 other entries under this rug. They have until mid-March to make their choice official, so anything could happen. And I think they have in previous years added like bonus weeks to be like, oh, yeah, we just kind of feel like it. So it's like, all right, thank you. you, you You do you, Lithuania. You do you. So one of the the semifinals that I'm excited about this coming weekend is Iceland. Iceland, I still really love Paula Punk from an increasing number of years ago. I think it's at least four at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, Iceland's had kind of a rough go since then. I don't think they've made it to the final since then. Which no, it, admittedly they've. They, I, I strongly disliked their entry last year, so that was that was a sad moment for me. This year there are ten entries vying for uh, the prize. They will be in two semifinals and then one final. This weekend, we have the first five of those acts, including possibly the most, like, I was doing some Googling beforehand, just because Iceland is a very small nation, uh, just figuring out, you know, how, you know, who are these bands, are, are people who have been here before, who is new, who is, like, exciting on the on the Icelandic music scene, uh, and then found out uh, in Googling about one of the acts, Hatari, had, like, the most delightful headline last December, and I will read this verbatim, because it is that delightful. Bondage synthpunk trio Hatari announced final gig after failing to dismantle capitalism. We do stand the downfall of capitalism on this podcast. Yes. So, with, yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like, that immediately uh, made them uh, shoot up the charts for me. Uh, and it may- also made me immediately want to understand how do the rest of the candidates feel about capitalism? But with a headline like that, but then also realizing, okay, so that was in December that they were supposed to like break up their group. And now here we are in February. It's like, no, just kidding. Uh, we are here for the Eurovision 
I mean, this this could totally be a phase two move. So yes. keep up the fight, Hatari. We are rooting for you. Also, Hera Bjork is there. She was their entrant in 2010. Her feelings on capitalism are unknown at this point, but who knows? Maybe everybody in this particular semifinal is is that way. Maybe that's how they did the split this year. Like the first semifinal yeah. is like dismantle capitalism. Yeah. Semifinal two could be like fortify it. Yes. And then choosing whether you're going to perform in Atlantic or English in the final, as well as uh, your political leanings. It could be a very confusing process. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, that is this weekend. I'm very excited. <laughs> dismantle capitalism. Yeah, the one I'm excited about is Ukraine's uh, Vidber, uh, which will be starting up this weekend. Ukraine... Always bringing the party. Their process can be a little long. Looks like it's going to be another strong field. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Teana, who was uh, runner-up last year, and I believe the year before, uh, she was going to compete this year uh, and then decided to withdraw from the competition. It's like, oh, I really really loved Layla from last year. And Ukraine is still one of the only countries left that has not missed a final it's i believe it's just ukraine and australia at this point and even australia sorry dale and mike i kind of put an asterisk next to that i feel like once once you get through like having your first public process if you make if you make it to the final this year then i'll remove that asterisk then it's official yeah yeah still still kind of in the like probation period yeah we'll, we'll say elsewhere in semifinals land sweden kicked off melody festivalen I was very excited about the the entries that got through. Uh, I did like that they got most of the uh, Thomas Gson songs all in the same week, just that he only had like two of these events to like drive to mm-hmm. and, and then just sort of wander small cocktail table to small cocktail table. The other major semifinal that's happening is going to be Romania. Uh, they had their first semifinal a couple weeks ago. Second semifinal will be happening on Sunday. The act that is probably of most interest to our podcast is uh, Laura Pratan. Uh, she won Romania's Got Talent a handful of years ago and competed on America's Got Talent and finished, I believe, in sixth place. Yeah, she has a very strong operatic voice. She is 16 years old, representing the US, I guess. <laughs> She's going to be one to keep an eye on. And like, having one romania's got talent like she has a profile there i think that about covers it yeah i think i think we're good with all of these semifinals on the horizon i i predict many full episodes to come anyways that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening the euro what podcast is hosted by ben smith that's me and mike mccomb that's me uh, special thanks to our guests this week mike and dale from the aussie vision podcast be sure to subscribe to it Along with their normal episodes, they are releasing mini-episodes this week about each of those entries for Australia Decides. You can find them on all of the social media at AussieVisionNet. You can find us on our website at EuroWhat.com and on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EuroWhat. If you'd like to contact us by email, we can be reached at ESC at WhatElseIsOn.tv. We'd love to hear your questions and comments. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Rating and reviewing the podcast when you subscribe also helps other Eurovision fans find us. Word of mouth is still the best way to get folks to check us out, so please tell your friends about the EuroWhat podcast. We'll be back next week to try and make sense of what's new in Eurovision.